Welcome to Paddle Powwow, your inside look into the world of paddle in Australia and around the world. Welcome to the final edition for 2023 of Paddle Powwow. I'm your host, Matt Levy, and as always, joined by my mate in Byron Bay, Matt Burrell. Today, we're having a wrap-up of 2023, and then also trying to capture all the exciting developments for 2024 in terms of new events, tournaments, what's on around the globe, and all things paddle. Before I get too carried away with that, I should throw over to Matty in Byron. How are you today, my friend? Good, Matt. Life is good here. It's going to be another action-packed show with a whole lot of events to um, unravel for you. So I'll need to speak fast to get through them. We've got around 10 big events to uh, announce out in the paddle world over the next 12 months and, and leading into November, December as well. And, and as always in paddle, every week something new seems to be happening. You know, we've spoken for an hour before the show, before we finally decided to get cracking. There's just so much happening in the background so many exciting things happening in Australia and, and of course, worldwide as well. For my business, for you, know, for, for you, for Tennis Australia, and I think really we're in a good space leading into 2024 for an exciting, exciting time next year. Certainly are. And um, did you want to run through some of the major events which we're just inking the deals on now, which we've just announced out in regards to uh, January, uh, the, the super summer of Padel, as we call it? Yes, absolutely. Um, so I think listeners will remember earlier in the year we had Pep Stoner on who runs uh, Fem Paddle in, uh, in the UK. Uh, we're really happy to say that we've sealed the deal with her and we've got a event running January 14, uh, a women's event um, run by Fem Paddle. And we have a couple of ladies in Melbourne who have taken the banner on to try and organise this event for us. It'll be held down in the Docklands and it's going to be really exciting. Uh, but in addition to that, we've also had a FIP Rise tournament approved, uh, which has taken a little bit of time for that to happen. And it's no mean feat to get uh, that approval. Uh, and so in Docklands also, as you say, the summer of tennis, we will have uh, our version of the Australian Open of Paddle running out of Docklands, but not to mention that will form part of the summer swing. It will then move up to indoor paddle shortly after. It's hard to unpack and, and try and get it all in order as you run through these things, but probably the best way to, if you're an architect putting this together, you would say our biggest events on the worldwide scale of Paddle in Australia would be the January events because we have the Aussie Open going on the Tennis Aussie Open going on, which is the biggest event in the world in January. On the back of that, because tennis is so closely affiliated with Padel um, and Padel is governed by Tennis Australia in Australia and other countries around the world like Italy, France, the LTA in England, et cetera, et cetera, um, linking the two makes perfect sense. So players can come out, play a tournament in Sydney uh, at Indoor Paddle. Um, which is an international tournament now. And we're just going to get the registrations out probably in the next day or two on that. Play that event. That's a FIP rise, which means 20,000 plus prize money, a 32 draw plus qualifications in the men's and the women's. Um, and then we'll head down. That's that's uh, January 4, 5, 6, and 7. And then exactly a week later, the players will head, Australian and overseas players, will head over down to Melbourne at Game for Paddle, your joint, Matty, and uh, 
we'll do it all again um, with a FIP promotion. Again, world ranking points on the line and 10,000 plus prize money there. Then on the back of that, which is the 14th, the Sunday, on that day, that's the day Fem Paddle, I understand, is on, which is going to be an amazing event. And then that's also the same day as the Aussie Australian Open starts, Aussie Open starts. So it starts on a Sunday this year. And then we kick off into that. So for a player experience coming out to Australia, or if you're from Sydney, Perth, or anywhere else, even in Melbourne, to have that continuity going from two very major international Padel events, our biggest of the year, and then heading into the Aussie Open and watch a bit of tennis there, um, of which we can also say, I think a paddle court will be also at the Aussie Open just for pay and not pay and play, just for play um, and, and and just uh, generally um, broadening the marketing experience, having people try, try um, paddle. I think it's about as good as it gets in terms of a, a summer promotion of the sport. 100% great exposure. Um, while you're talking about all the events that are on just at the tail end and, and obviously start of next year, I'm just thinking, wow, how far have we come in 12 months? And, and you know, off, off air before you were talking about all the players and all the opportunities now that are presenting themselves throughout Southeast Asia as well. Do you want to just talk through some of our Australian players who are now starting to play abroad and, and having some success internationally, but just have opportunities to play that, that didn't exist 12 months ago? If we call it Asia Pacific, if you like, and Asia Pacific and Middle East as an area or a zone. In November, just gone and we're finishing off now, there's quite a few events now that are, have opened up to allow sort of an Asian swing, let's call it there. So I'll give you a few examples of that. And then we, we gear up into the uh, January again, a little break over Christmas and back into January. So it's a really nice sort of uh, double promotion, November, early December, Asian swing outside Australia. And then, then we go back into Australia. So any players in China, Japan, Iran, Qatar, across the Middle East, um, now New Zealand, um, really have a double opportunity around our summertime to hit the international events, uh, build up some some ranking points and earn some really good prize money now. It's building up uh, in a rapid way. So to give you some examples, uh, Tim Brown and Mariel Zelba as a pairing, Aussies, were invited over to Dubai for the Asia Paddle Masters. Um, and that event has the best pair from Iran, the best two or three pairs from the UAE, Japan, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it went down to these some of these other new countries as well um, in, in, in Asia Pacific and Middle East. Um, and um, they got all the way to the final, actually, and they took out the best Iran pair, which is a, an amazing um, feat, and that was sort of revenge um, for our qualifications for the um, World Cup Asia-Pacific um, qualifications, uh, which we lost last time. Um, but unfortunately, we lost in the final to Japan. It went to a third set tiebreak too. I mean, it was really, really, really close. And we ended up just losing out there. But they held themselves very proud, Tim and Marios, and a really good pairing for us and the Aussie Crocs going forward, which is in February we have, we do it all again in the Asia, in the Asia Cup, um, which will be in Saudi Arabia on February the 28th, 25th. So that was a, a good pairing um, we unveiled and uh, it's fantastic. There's a few more options for the Aussie team. That's in Dubai. Um, FIP Phuket. So there's a FIP event in Phuket. It's just finished off now. Um, Constanza Cocorellis and Patria Garcia went across there, made the semifinals just to show you how we're going internationally. We're in the finals now and semifinals now with the 
ladies. Tim was playing that event as well, Tim Brown, but couldn't play it because they delayed back the finals of the Dubai event, which clashed with the kickoff of the Phuket event in Thailand. So he would have played that as well as part of the, let's call it the Asian Swing in November. So that's that's a great double there. And then we head over now, which is currently being played as we speak. I think they start today, tonight or tomorrow. That's the Pacific Paddle Tour, which is um, in Bali. And that's Tim Brown again with Andrea Malesi. And they play off against the best pairings. It's a 16, 16 pair draw. The best pairings again from the same exact Asia Pacific country. So it's a fantastic exposure getting against the best pairs in Asia. Pacific and Middle East now. And Lexi Daly also heads across and plays that with Constanza Cockerellis again. And so those two are a pretty good shot, I think, of doing well as well. So we, we wish them the best. That's Bali. And then we've got even more coming through in the Asia-Pacific side. Uh, early December, we've got uh, Dom Bechard and Ross Taylor. Um, they're heading over to a fun place too, New Caledonia, again inviting the top teams of Australia as a pairing there. And also Lexi Daly um, gets to work on her suntan with Sarah Moranti as well. So that's going to be a fun time for everyone in New Caledonia. It's a private event. The best French teams are coming out um, and it's promoting it actually a resort over there. But that again will give exposure to our another, that's the fourth set of exposure in November, early December um, in the Asia Pacific region there. So that's an unbelievable package of four weekends in a row over November and December. Um, which we call the Asian Swing now, to expose ourselves to big prize money um, and fantastic tropical island-style events as well. So it's a absolute ripper, and it really adds a bit of colour and excitement to the whole calendar for the higher-end um, paddle players. Absolutely. 2023 just is starting to feel like the worm's turning a bit there, isn't it? Like It feels like if you are one of those topper echelon players like you were just discussing before, all friends of the show and all all regulars of you know who does well on the Aussie tour, now feels like if they want to have a real go at this, there's a pathway forward for them. You know, obviously they're not going to make a full-time living out of it just yet, but potentially you could get some sponsors and you know get enough just to pay your way. But wow, it's exciting that you know the era of the professional paddle player in Australia is is not far off by the feel of things, right? Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. If you package in like the Swedish players who came out and won our uh, Australia Paddle Open event last year, we chatted to those guys. They get sponsors to pay for their flights. They get sponsors to give them some training cash, coaching cash, um, et cetera, et cetera. So they run a sort of a a neutral or break-even campaign when you add in travel costs. So it's getting to the point of the top, let's say, paddle players as probably around, you know, 100 or so in the world of tennis now, which is, I can assure you, has come a long way because it used to be a 1,000 in the world of tennis. So it's really trimming back now and um, players are finding themselves having their their their, their costs covered, um, some prize money, and it won't be long before, you know, the Tim Browns and, and Don Betchards of the world will be running there, um, could be running themselves um, as an as an income stream or as a as a full full time professional almost. And Tim's going that direction now, and he's uh, I've got to say almost there. If we had this November going on every month, he'd be absolutely um, doing this full time. So the more months we can do like this, the better it is. And so we've got sort of November, December, and January. Um, clocked up now in Australia 
and we've locked that away now. And so we sort of need to look at some other um, Asia Pacific or overseas, maybe the US side. And Tim's dipped his toe into the US side as well, um, where you can cobble together uh, going back for the events back and forth from Australia and making it worthwhile financially for our top players. Totally. And what a, what a great lifestyle too, hey? A couple of guys like you and I in our late 20s, we could probably think about doing that, Matty, I reckon. Well, I did say to Roscoe Taylor, um, he would need a bag handler um, for New Caledonia, obviously, and Bali we've done a couple of times this year already. So I feel like we uh, we get to glean a little bit off the top players now and enjoy a few a few, a few uh, tropical islands. So, um, yeah, hopefully more in the future for us. Totally. Okay, so we probably should talk about next year on the Oz Paddle Tour, bringing it back home. I know, you know, you're speaking about the architect. You are the architect, Matty. Um, how's, how are we shaping up for next year? Um, I know, obviously, we've got the senior tour. Well, not, sorry, we've got our regular tour. We've got juniors to consider. And then, obviously, we've got the seniors to consider as well. How's, how's that all shaping up? Really good. So um, every year is going from strength to strength. We get a regular 200 players now heading in for the, <clears throat> excuse me, for the for the general um, open events on the main event on the Aussie Paddle Tour, if you like. And the reason we've done that is because we've expanded out the playing field to get participation points, even if you lose in the first round. So you make the Aussie Rankings database. Um, it's a bit broader than tennis because whether you can be a hacker like myself or you, we're still in the top, whatever it may be in the seniors and the top, whatever it may be in the main tour. So we still feel like we're on, we're on the, uh, we're on the, we're on the cusp of greatness. No, we're on the, we're on the agenda and you can see ourselves on the list there. So quite a few players now um, just love doing the circuit and being on the listings on the Aussie paddle rankings, which is amazing. So that's been our goal to broaden it out, not just for the elite players, but for the, let's say the B-level players as well. And we've got a B-level on the open tour. So next year we'll have, I think six open events. We're just finalizing it now. Six open events plus the two big ones in January. That will allow, let's say, all the clubs within the orbit of Australian Padel um, access to some of those some of those events. And then on top of that, if you layer over another four uh, senior events as well, that's additional. And then we end up with maybe three three junior events as well. Definitely Sydney and Melbourne and Gold Coast, I'd imagine. Uh, so that would you're layering up to about 20 events for the year when you think about on the Aussie paddle tour all up is is where we might wind up close to next year as well so that's a lot of that's a lot of um that's a lot of that's a lot of players across the across the whole 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 width there it's about a thousand players wind up one way individual players other people play two events um like I play seniors and and the main tour for example but um individuals you wind up with about a thousand players. Um, next year we'll have around a thousand players um, actively engaging in tournaments through the Aussie Paddle Tour um, next year, and we've got a logo coming out uh, for that for the Aussie Paddle Tour, a fresh Instagram page. Um, then obviously you can bring in sponsors behind that because we've now got an active database of regular players who are um, playing on the circuit in all the major capital cities in Australia. So it's not your playing database, which is, I believe, around between five and ten thousand players now in Australia. Um, it's a thousand of those are actually doing the Aussie paddle tour, which is a, a, a massive um, 10% number. It's, it's, it's a big it's a, it's a big participation level in the higher end events. It's a big number. Yeah, it's certainly looking pretty healthy now and exciting to think. And, and obviously, as you're talking then, 
I was just thinking to myself, well, we really need, still need more clubs to build out so we can also build out the tournament calendar. Um, the one that comes to mind is South Australia. You would have thought that, geez, surely we can jag a club in South Australia. Um, and obviously, <laughs> obviously, we haven't got anything in Canberra or Northern Territory yet either, but that might take a little bit more time. But um, yeah, more more sort of good quality venues we get online, the more the opportunity for these tournaments and the tournament calendar to grow, um, you know, builds as well. The big cities coming up, there's three or four um, prospect clubs developing in Adelaide right now. The only court available right now is... Uh, currently is a friend of mine um, who I sort of sold slash gave him a court. We had a spare court lying around and he picked it up and put it in his own house in, in Adelaide after a chat to me in Fiji um, over a cocktail. And he ended up just deciding he loves paddle after watching the World Paddle Tour on on YouTube with me uh, in Fiji at Castaway Island and ended up just buy, buying a court and put, putting it in straight away or buying the old court off me. So he's, he's the only available person right now. And the poor guy... His name is yeah Nick Hicks. The poor guy ends up getting all sorts of people showing up on his doorstep to <laughs> head into his private. Should we, share, should we share his address just in case anyone in South <laughs> wants to have a kill me? Look, he's a pretty private guy, so he'll kill me for even saying this in the first place. But um, <laughs> me and Ross Taylor are good buddies with Nick, and he's such a good sport. He gets all sorts of Argentinian legends and and Spanish guys and girls just sort of camping and showing up to his uh to his doorstep because I've heard the rumours are caught there. So we need a, we need a court. We need a club desperately in Adelaide. We need a club desperately in Byron Bay as well, to be honest. And one's developing the background I know about now. And a second bunch of courts are coming through commercially, which will uh, allow people to play other places besides my house as well, which I, which would be great. Um, and uh, the other areas, I think, or cities, I think, that deserve a mention of where Paddle will go next. Brisbane is just around the corner from opening up a club or two. And I think there'll be three Brisbane clubs uh, by June, July next year, so that, that that'll be a that'll be a, a a big uptick. Canberra is an obvious place as well, obviously, and there might be another Perth pub or two opening up as well. So, um, not to mention Melbourne, I'm sure there's three or four on the deck there as well. Um, so we'll wind up with yeah, we'll wind up with another ten or so clubs in the next six months, I think, in Australia, um, with about forty more courts there. So we're in, we're in danger soon over the next year of reaching our hundred court. Um, amount, which is a, a good, healthy start. Uh, even though it, was, it has been slow, it's a good, healthy place to be as a country. It, it's it's really starting to, you know, really starting to happen now for sure. Um, and and not to mention exciting times next year. I think for New Zealand too. You know, there's officially now two courts in New Zealand, with another four court complex uh, soon to be built. I would be very surprised if. They didn't start a, um, you know, a governing body, an official governing body, and and perhaps building out a tournament type tour over there as well. I have no doubt that you've probably been contacted about that, and maybe that could be one of your side hustles next year. <laughs> I've spent a lot of time chatting to the lovely Victoria actually about that, and uh, she is the uh, boss of Padel in New Zealand, and. She's doing exactly those things. So there, you need a couple of clubs, I think, to get going for an official tour, obviously. But uh, she's got that in mind and she's she's really the architect of that and uh, asks the most pertinent questions every time and uh, really is developing out the right way from player licences. There's a lot to run through when you're opening up a new country with a new sport. You've got to get yeah the official governing body go in the first place. 
Um, you've got to get affiliate members, which are the clubs themselves. You've got to get player licenses going for the players. Um, you've got to get an official tour. You've got to get sponsors on the back of that. There's a lot to develop out there. And you've got to also encourage and help clubs get up and running through councils and all sorts of associations, federations, including tennis, um, as you would know about from your experience in New Zealand as well. So there's a lot to be done in the background without much credit or reward from the federation perspective because the commercial uh, clubs end up getting the um, they're up in lights at the end of it all. So it's a uh, it's not an easy job running running around doing the doing the administration in the background without much credit initially, but it ends up becoming all worthwhile as you see these clubs open up. Yeah, totally. And as as you're aware, game for paddle, Mark and Walter Todd, my good mates, uh, and our agents down there have just opened up Remuera Rackets Club, which which is just a private club that holds almost a thousand members, squash, tennis, and gym members. And and you know, obviously they can't run a tournament on one court, as you say, but just one of the promotional ideas that they've had, which I think is fantastic. They've, they've got a squash and tennis facility already. They're going to hold a squash versus tennis uh, tournament on the paddle court to really find out, you know, once and for all who who the better players are. I thought that was an amazing idea. I love that because you get a lot of – you've had it all your life like I have too. I played a bit of squash and then used to rev up the tennis players and try and get them on the squash court and vice versa. The tennis players would always try and drag squash players and get very wristy and slappy on the tennis court and it was never a good good transition and paddle is the exact – middle point between those two with the walls in the back obviously so it's a absolute ripper and unfortunately for the sport of squash we are finding now that more and more squash clubs are closing down and not being directly replaced by paddle but then more and more paddle clubs are opening up obviously and squash players um, are building a becoming a bigger part of the pie chart of who is on that uh, list of members for each paddle club and the squash players would be I don't know There'll be five every hundred now, that's for sure, 5%. And that's grown from almost nothing. And it just seems to be a smart transition out of squash into padel now. And uh, tennis still remains probably the easiest transition because of the volleys, um, would you say? Um, and that's, yeah, that's where it's all going now from squash to padel in that respect. Totally. Um, so so the idea of today's show is you know just wrapping up 23 and moving into 24 and what we can expect so we've talked about obviously that the paddle tour where we're going in australia but also you know it's starting to pad out a little bit through the asia pacific as well which is great new zealand we're starting to have things happen it'd be remiss of us not to discuss the possibilities of um you know the other formats of paddle, and and one that we're working on a little bit at the moment is is wheelchair paddle, um, because there's obviously going to be a space for that. And I don't know if you've seen on YouTube, but it's I have, yep, pretty exciting to watch. And and it's you know paddle is really accessible as a wheelchair sport as well. So it's something that we're looking into, and and no doubt within your role, uh, Maddie, it's going to come on the radar that we might have. You know, obviously we've got the uh, we've got something for everyone. You're saying the A's, the B's, the juniors, the seniors. Um, surely to follow, we'll be able to get a wheelchair event up and running next year. Yeah, we definitely we definitely should. I mean, um, diversity slash um, allowing the sport to be accessible by all, and that starts with having the gap on the side of the court um, wide enough to get the wheelchair through. For example, um, which was the original issue when these courts came out um courts and cages came out originally um that wasn't really thought through as well but now they are 
and the gap allows you through there, um, a wheelchair through there. So um, yeah, and I've, yeah, we, we're seeing more and more of that come to light. Um, we know through tennis, it's, it's it's becoming a bigger part of it. It's also becoming a bigger part of it in padel as well. So as the sport matures, that's a very important part of it, and uh, we're gonna you'll see more and more about that coming through. Yeah. Yeah, it's exciting times. Okay, well, look, I think, to be honest, that's probably all we've got time for today, other than to say that we're really grateful for um, our first season at Paddle Powwow, our 10 or 11 episodes I think we've had. It's been a learning curve. It's been a lot of fun for me, and I'm sure for you as well, Matty. And um, we're really hoping, and it looks pretty positive, that we might move into a second season uh, in 2024 and you know seeing the evolution right through 2023 it'll be really exciting to see this time next year what sort of stuff we're talking about i've asked santa claus to bring me 10 more clubs for next year so we'll see how it goes and um, it's going to be a pretty big santa sack at the end of my bed on december the 25th so that's that's that um there was one last thing i wanted to run through the perth results which i didn't get to in my in my ramble about the asia pacific swing Sorry. And a quick shout out to Roscoe Taylor, who's putting on the uh, seniors event in the Gold Coast, uh, December 2-3. We've still got a couple of spots available uh, for players there. That's men's. Um, so that's at, that's at Paddle Gold Coast at Narang Cross, the, the Metricon Stadium there. And Roscoe puts on an absolute festival every time. He's not afraid of a speech. He's not a bad DJ. And he's an okay paddle player as, as well. So he's a, it's a fun all-around Roscoe show when you get down to the Gold Coast. December 2-3. and three, it's men's 35 division, men's 45 division, 45 plus division, um, which I'll battle you in that, I'm sure, um, as always. I'll see you there. And then we've got the women's 35 plus as well. And it should be a fun event. We've got a couple of ex-tennis players playing that, which we'll um, talk about, I guess, when we get back in business. I think it's in January we're back on back on the air. But um, we've got a few few good tennis players that are well-known coming in for that, which is look out on Oz Paddle Instagram and Facebook for that. And also the Perth results I want to whip through quickly, if you don't mind, Maddie. Um, I went to Perth, fantastic event. You shared that. Um, you shared that already um, on the first serve previously, but I want to give you a quick quick update and whip, whip that through again. Be remiss not to. Dominic Bechard and Sam Aginan won the uh, men's, a division, um, and it was a fantastic match. They've come a long way, those two, and they're they're an awesome combination. So you'll see them slotting in as the uh, number one, number two players in Australia at the moment. Um, and Tim's off on the international tour, so it's a separate ranking system. Um, so we've got Sam and Dom dominating the Australian uh, system, and Tim and Marios, for example, Zelba out there on the international front. So it, it allows two fantastic teams going forward with the Aussie Crocs. Um, women's winners, no surprises again. Constanza, Cockerellis and, and Lexi Daly took out in a really good final as well. Emily Hare, M's an absolute legend. She's a local tennis coach and Aussie Crocs paddle player and took out Emily and Gemma Peterswold. Gemma's from the Gold Coast and has risen up the ranks uh, this year with some a lot of astute coaching from Tony Pye over there at Paddle Gold Coast. So, Gemma's an absolute weapon these days, and she's gonna, she's she's in a, she's in a great spot for the Aussie Crocs as well. Uh, and the men's B winners, which we should mention, um, Zach 
Etstein and Danny Usher won that. Zach actually owns the club Paddle West and won it with Danny Usher. And Danny's a well-known local tennis and paddle player as well. There's a whole lot of tennis players that enter the event in Perth and it's an absolute fun. Danny also knows how to take us out for a good time at night and um, was a really good host with Zach and Ash. Perth leg of the Aussie Paddle Tour is always fun. It was only on two courts, but we made a way, we found a way to make it work and it was a really fun Great event. That's the wrap. I was disappointed I couldn't get to Perth, actually. I had a, one of my best mates' 50th on uh, on that Saturday night. So next time, I'm definitely heading out there. Thanks for that final wrap-up, Matty. Anything else before I, I call time? No. Um, look out for the registrations for the uh, the two big international FIP events in Sydney and Melbourne. They'll be advertised in lights over the next couple of days. And um, off we go into Christmas. Yep. Okay. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. Stay safe. Have a Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And we can't wait to see you in the new year. See you later. See you guys. The First Serve is your home of tennis at thefirstserve.com.au. Log on to find out all the details of our live radio show, other podcasts, read weekly features by our team of writers, and follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.